Hello again. Welcome back into the Pylon Week 9 edition here in 2022. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Markoch, alongside Jay DeCoster. As usual, how are we doing, Jay? Doing pretty well, Michael. Uh, you know, we got Thursday Night Football last night. We'll talk about that in a sec. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of flipping around the World Series. And then um, to the two, the four teams are all uh, Houston and Philly. So that was pretty funny. But, yeah, Thursday Night Football last night, a huge trade deadline. So, yeah, a pretty packed show here. So yeah, I mean, to it. this show is going to be our trade deadline recap. Obviously, last Tuesday was the trade deadline. We are recording here on Friday, November fourth. So week nine is two days away, but it did start last night. And yeah, as you mentioned, with the World Series going on, it was Houston and Philly times two. Actually, I thought that the game was in Philly until last night, yeah. and then, so I thought it was the World Series game in Philly with the Eagles game. Could you imagine if that was in Philly? I mean, that would be just chaos, because yeah. like, both of the, the parks are like right next to each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine the chaos and like... The, the same like the mm-hmm. two two ballparks just going at it so that'd be that was that, w- that would have been pretty funny so yeah so I ended up sitting I was doing some homework last night and I remember sitting there and I was like okay which, what am I gonna watch and I haven't watched really much baseball because I just after my team gets eliminated I really don't care much but and so I was like here I am watching the Texans and I I basically just I mean it was on in the background it was background noise I was doing work but like I watched it, it wasn't a bad game at least for half. Um, but Eagles did pull out a 29-17 to victory, remain undefeated on the air. They're 8-0. Texans still only with one win and one tie, but they're in rebuilding mode. Everyone knows that. But what were some of your takeaways, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch a ton of the game, but what I did take away from that is A.J. Brown. I mean, what a steal that, what a steal that guy was. I mean, going out in the NFL draft, Howard Roseman's doing what he does best, just basically fleecing teams, gets A.J. Brown like, was it a second was it a second rounder? I can't really remember off the top of my head, but getting a guy like AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts is just was really just kind of like a, a stepping stone to why they're eight and zero. Like he is one of I mean one of the best receivers in the league right now. Probably one of the most underrated receivers in my opinion in the league right now. I mean, he's he's really taking that team to new heights. So yeah, I mean he had he had a good game last night, and I mean they're just they're they're just they're keeping the train moving. So. I'm going to be bold here, maybe maybe a little bit unpopular, but last night, and I, and I know, it was Thursday night, weird things happen on Thursday night, you really can't take much of what you see uh, too seriously, but I've thought this for a little while now, and then today I saw a tweet with the Eagles schedule on it, of, you know, who they've played so far, and what, I don't think the Eagles come out of the NFC. Really? I don't. I, I yeah, they they have they their really schedule have a has soft been schedule. so light. When you got the Lions, the Vikings was a pretty good win. Yeah, I mean but, they're six and okay, one. Okay, that's prime time. Kirk Cousins, Commanders, Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys, good with win. Cooper Rush. That is true. And then the Steelers, Texans, those are bad teams. I mean, really, only the Vikings was a pretty convincing win. I mean, you you blew you dominated basically the whole game on on Monday night week two. So yeah, other than that, I mean, this schedule is kind of soft. That's just what I'm saying. Like I don't. But I just don't think that they're all as good as their record says they do, are. Does it remind you, you like of the Steelers in 2020 when it, they started off? Very 11 similar. I I don't. It kind of reminds me a little bit more, I guess, of the Cardinals a year ago, but not in the same sense that I think the Eagles are on you know path for just a colossal collapse. I don't think that that's going to happen. But I am kind of in the mindset that I just don't know. This team really hasn't been tested. You mentioned yes, the Vikings game week two, yeah, but we know how Kirk Cousins plays on prime time. And how yeah, the, Vikings, the Vikings don't play very well in those games. The Cowboys had a really good defense, but Cooper Rush was playing quarterback. So mm-hmm. the Eagles weren't really even tested on that side of the ball. And just overall, I think 
we'll see how the NFC works out. I mean, right now it's setting up, I guess, favorably for them because they don't have to, you know, right now Tampa Bay wouldn't be in the postseason. Green Bay wouldn't be in the postseason. But, you know, you're going to run into some of these teams that I just think have a little bit more experience than the Eagles do. And Jalen Hurts missed some throws last night. I, I the, the ones that I did watch, he was missing some over the middle, missing some on the sidelines. They ran the ball very well last night, but I don't know. Just maybe, maybe it's unpopular, but I, I don't think, I don't think this Eagles team is as good as advertised. Yeah, I mean they have a really good defense, and yeah, Jalen Hurts. You know, I mean they run the football really well, and Jalen Hurts is taking that step. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think he's an MVP. I don't think he's an MVP, but I mean he is definitely taking that step because they surround him with all these weapons. And you know, credit to Howie Roseman because that guy, that guy's brilliant. I mean, he's been taking. He took a lot of criticism in 2020 and fired Doug Peterson. A year later, took them to the playoffs and kind of rebuilt that thing pretty pretty quickly. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good GM. Nick Sirianni's kind of proven that, you know, he's kind of proven his I was wrong when that opening press conference, he, like, he kind of was not very great press conference for him. If for context, he was, like, he just said some, like, crazy stuff and, like, people were saying he's not a very good public speaker, but, like, you know, he's he's kind of proven that his doubt was wrong. So, you know, credit to them. I mean, they're they're playing well right now, so. Yeah, I mean, they are 8-0, and I'm not trying to take, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Eagles. I think they're a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a force. I just have a feeling that it's kind of fool's gold. I just don't think that they're going to win when it matters the most and potentially needing to do a road game. We'll see how their record turns out. Maybe they get the one seed. I mean, we'll see. They're in good position for it. So let's move into the trade deadline because obviously massive day. I I think one of the most fun trade deadlines we've had in the NFL in some years. It was amazing. It felt very similar to a baseball, NBA-type trade deadline. And the biggest move of the day, I think, had to be Bradley Chubb from the Broncos getting traded to the Dolphins along with a fifth-round pick in exchange for running back Chase Edmonds, a first- and a fourth-round pick. So, big-time trade. And we we knew that Chubb was probably going to get traded, but... That's a haul. That is definitely that is definitely a haul, and and you're getting a, a pass a guy who I think he's got like five sacks this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been very very good for that Bronco that pretty good Broncos defense, and he's definitely going to help that that Dolphins defense because you know you got Jalen Phillips and you got you got guys around him, but adding Bradley Chubb to that pass rush is going to be, you know, it's going to be very very exciting to watch, and and you got two on the other side of the ball. You got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who you know that's a pretty exciting team right now. And you know, I'm 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 excited to watch them on Sunday as they go up against the Bears. I'll be I'll be locked in watching that. So, yeah, I mean I'm 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 excited to watch what Bradley Chubb can do down there. So, yeah, and not only did he get traded to Miami, Miami then gave him a five-year, one hundred and ten million dollar contract extension, like upon arrival, like basically once the plane touched down. Here's your money. It was just put the pen to paper, and yeah, I agree with you. Chubb has been a very good player so far <clears> for. Denver in his very young career and to this point I think he's going to do a lot for that Miami team that's in desperate need of pass rushing help I mean they got a lot of young guys there on the edge and you know Jalen Phillips comes to mind but like overall they haven't been getting to the quarterback I'm sure as much as they would like to and this move is a big time move it's a win now move Miami sees the door open right now in the AFC East not just the AFC East but the AFC they have a win already banked against Buffalo and I mean Buffalo's not losing. I mean they're like still two games ahead of Miami, mm-hmm. even though they did lose a game. But still, Miami can see the door open. They're in a wild card spot currently at the moment, so they have an opportunity to end the playoff drought right here. And 
they saw it and they went for it. it but they gave up an awfully lot to get him. I, looking at the trade, I guess, from the Denver side, getting Chase Edmonds, I think, is actually a sneaky good acquisition. Yeah. Kind of that change of pace back that can go back there with Melvin Gordon. Uh, obviously, they're still trying to replace Javante Williams, who tore his ACL a few weeks ago. Um, but And then they get a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. So, yeah, I, I mean, and, and I think we, I mean, I, I was watching, I was watching NFL Live yesterday, and, and Dan Orlowski was talking about that you know, Chase Simmons just didn't really fit the system down there, and that's why they go, went and acquired Jeff Wilson. So, yeah, I mean, Chase Simmons, I think he'll be a, a good receiving back in Denver, like, like you said, a compliment Melvin Gordon. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I like, I like the moves for both teams. And Denver gets that first round pick, and yeah, I mean, Denver. I mean, let's to say disappointing is an understatement. They're they're selling at the deadline now. I mean, they're what they're three and five. Is that correct? Or four and five? They're they th- won last week, right? Yeah. So they're three and five. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Den- Denver. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I mean, if they're selling at the deadline, selling one of their best defensive players. I'm assuming that they're saying we're just going to wave the white flag on the season. So I mean, you get the first round pick. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so that was. Probably the biggest move, I would say, of the day, but there were a couple big moves that happened before. Obviously, you can go back to last week's episode to listen to our thoughts about the Christian McCaffrey trade. I know we talked about the kadarius Tony trade there as well, as well as Robert Quinn, but speaking of Robert Quinn and speaking of the Bears, they were active on deadline day or the day before. Uh, we'll start with the first trade that they made, which is actually the day before. They traded linebacker Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for two picks. And kind of got that money off the book. We know that he wants to get paid uh, in Baltimore. Did Baltimore already pay him? They might have. They did not yet. They have not yet. They're probably going to right, though. Well, they will. Like when you yeah, go up a will. second round, yeah. they definitely will. But so. yeah, I mean, I was at the. I was, it was funny. I was at the Okemos Meyer, and I was checking out. And I just I go on my phone. I'm like, what? We the Bears trade Roque. Bears trade Roquan. I I didn't expect that. I did not expect that to happen. So, you know, Roquan. I mean, he wanted out over the summer. He wanted his money. And the Bears trade him for a second round pick, and it's it's the Bears' second round pick, or, or actually no, but they trade him for a second round pick, the Ravens' second round pick. So, you know, I mean, people say he's bad in pass coverage, but he is, you know, I would say, probably one of the best linebackers in the league. I mean, I think Shaquille, I think Shaqu- Shaquille Leonard is mm-hmm. the best, but Roquan's up there. It was yeah. tough, and now you're gonna have to roll with you know the role players on on the linebacking core. So. And, he, and he's in his prime. It's it's kind of tough, but you know, it's just it's what Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, wants to do. And you know, they're unloading all the Ryan Pace draft picks slash players. So yeah, I mean, yeah, a second and what was a second and a fifth? Second and a fifth. Yeah. Second and a fifth. I mean, a second round pick's not bad, especially for right. a linebacker of his caliber. It's just you know, the defensive side of the ball isn't linebacker position isn't exactly valued as much as it was back in the day. But you know, they've been acquiring picks you know with the Robert Quinns and the Roquan Smith and they're putting themselves in position to have a very good draft in a draft where they you know didn't have a lot of picks originally so they're getting some of those picks back and I think on Baltimore side I think this is a home run I mean you're talking about adding a linebacker in Roquan Smith you're going to put him alongside Patrick Queen who's one of the brightest young Mm -hmm. linebackers in the league as well I mean they're going to be flying all over the field and they struggle to stop running the ball or teams that run the ball, I should say, and this this should help Roquan that. definitely. He yeah. plugs that hole immediately. He's so, one, of the, one of the best run-stopping linebackers in the league. Um, and you could see, you could look at PFF. He's ranked like 63 out of 81 linebackers, qualified linebackers. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, he does struggle in pass coverage a little bit, but he is a sideline to sideline freak, and he is definitely going to help that Ravens defense like in an instance. So yeah, and the Bears weren't done with that either. The next day, then they take a second round pick and they flip it to the Steelers to get Justin mm-hmm. Fields some help. They acquire yeah. wide receiver Chase Claypool. Do you think it was an overpay? Um, well, initially I saw Ian Rapport saying it was the Ravens' second-round pick. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. And then I see five minutes later that the Bears gave up their second-round pick, which is going to most likely be, you know, it's it's higher than that higher. It's going to be in the in the in the mid 30s, low 40s. So I, I mean, I don't like giving up the Bears' second-round pick. I think that's a little bit of a reach. I mean, Chase Claypool, look, he he started off his career very solid, around 900 yards receiving. Uh, and you got Ben Roethlisberger, who was at the tail end of his career throwing him the football. It was just a check down Charlie. And now you go to Justin Fields. I mean, it, it does give him a, some help, which I really liked. But mm-hmm. to give up a, your own second-round pick was a little bit of a reach, in my opinion. But, look, the Bears got their wide receiver one for now. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a wide receiver one on a very good team. I think he's a very good wide receiver, too. But him and Mooney, I think, you know, it's, it's you know look, it's an upgrade receiver room, and it's going to help Fields. And it's going to help his development. And look, Fields has looked pretty good the last two weeks. And now we'll see how he can do when he actually has a competent wide receiver with him. So Yeah, I mean, Claypool definitely has the traits. I mean, we saw it his rookie year. I mean, he yeah. had a tremendous rookie season. It's just with Claypool, it's more of the just outside factors. It's just more of do you know he's going to have his head screwed on straight every week? I mean, right. This is still the yeah, same he's, he's guy. Gonna, he's going to be – sorry to interrupt. He's going he's gonna to be yeah. celebrating after – a first down when there's 30 seconds. Exactly. Left. <laughs> you don't have any timeouts. Yeah. Like, he's still that same guy, and I'm not sure that he's not that guy anymore. And, you know, we know this, and the Steelers have been looking to move off of him for a while. It was no secret. Uh, they said they wanted a second round pick, and they got it. I, I'm shocked he went for a second rounder. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked. I think when the Bears probably, even though I think the Steelers said that the Packers also offered a two for Claypool, they went with the Bears because they believe that the Bears are going to finish worse. Mm-hmm. And I just, Man, I I just still can't believe he went for a second. I, I don't think he's worth a second-round pick. Um, but basically, yeah. that's for the Steelers, they, they, they came out even on this one because I believe they took Claypool in round two, and now they flip him for another second. And so that's – I mean, it's a good trade for the Steelers, I think. They needed to kind of get him out of their locker room. And this is going to allow George Pickens to have a bigger role in that offense, which is, I know, something that they want. Uh, they obviously still have Deontay Johnson as well, Fryermuth, the tight end. Um, but – you know, we'll see how it goes. I guess with the Bears, um, I, I Claypool's instantly the best receiver on that team. Yeah. Um. So he's going to get targets, and he's a very physical wide receiver that can go up and win jump balls. Uh, he's going to be someone that Fields can rely on. It's just you know, again, is he going to be locked in from week to week? Um, especially in a an organization that isn't as I should say buttoned up as the Steelers are. Yeah. You know, Definitely. we'll see how that goes here in the next few years when he's with Justin Fields. So let's stay in the NFC North. We actually had an intra-division trade. Uh, very weird. Um, but TJ Hawkinson, the tight end of the lines, got traded to Minnesota for a haul of picks. It was three picks, I believe, going to Detroit, and then two picks went over to Minnesota with Hawkinson. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised when it was intra-division. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, he's not, he's not your... Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but he is a guy that he's the second is, tier. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna help you. He's gonna help Kirk Cousins, especially with Irv Smith out for a long time. That's that's definitely gonna help Kirk Cousins in that passing attack. You know, 
to compliment Justin Jefferson. And, you know, I I was pretty surprised because, you know, the Lions, look, I mean, whether they draft a quarterback or not, I mean, I don't know why you would unload a tight end like that. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to draft C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I mean, wouldn't you want to keep C.J. Hawkinson? Like, Am I crazy for saying that? I mean, I, I think you would too. I mean, I agree with you. the The official terms of the trade: Lions get a second rounder this year. They have a third rounder next year. The Vikings got Hawkinson, and they have a fourth rounder this year from Detroit, and a conditional fourth next year, also from Detroit, that could turn in, I guess, to be a higher pick, depending on how Hawkinson plays. So this could basically turn out to be a push, with just Hawkinson going over to Minnesota based on, I guess, the condition, the conditions of the pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Jay. I, it's weird. Um, I know that there were rumors that this was going to happen kind of leading up, that the Lions were looking to sell because, you know, their season's basically over. They're 1-6. Um, they're not really going anywhere this year, and so why not go collect those picks? But he's so young, and he just had so much, I think, left to offer for that team. He's only 25 years old. And I just, it, it, you're right, it just doesn't make a lot of sense considering it looks like now the Lions are going to be committed to getting their quarterback here in this next draft, whether it be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever your preference may be. You know, you got to at least have talent around him, and they do. I mean, in the yeah, wide they got, receiver they got, they room, have, they're loaded. They have J-Mo and they have St. Brown, but unloading. D.J. Uh, Shark, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess from a from Brad Holmes' perspective, maybe like you just unload T.J. Hawkinson for that second rounder to go get guys on defense. I think... That could be a like a, a big reason, just because their defense is just not very good, and you know you still have weapons around them. But you know, TJ, I mean, a tight end is you know, pretty important, and, and TJ Hawkins is one of those good ones. So it was definitely interesting. So yeah, I mean, for sure, we'll see if he gets. He's probably definitely going to get higher usage in Minnesota. For Minnesota, making the acquisition, they've lost Irv Smith now for a while. Too, I saw that his injury, so that may have been what prompted them to go make this move. Um, but Hawkinson's going to be used a lot in Minnesota. I think fantasy owners are going to be really happy with that. Uh, if you have Hawkinson, I think he's going to play a lot, and I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw him the ball because teams are starting to key on Justin Jefferson. And despite the fact that that really doesn't work, having that kind of third option in TJ Hawkinson, especially a really good red zone target, I think it's going to help Minnesota a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head there. I mean, I just think you got you now. You got you got Justin Jefferson now, Adam Thielen, and now T.J. Hawkinson, and you know Kirk Cousins got a lot of weapons. So I mean, I mean they're gonna, they're going to win that NFC North by a, a long shot, and you know they're just trying to get that one or two seeds. So yeah, let's move on. Let's keep the train rolling here as we try to recap the crazy deadline, but. This was probably the shocker of the day. This one, I just, I remember I'm doing homework. I'm sitting at my desk. I check my phone and I was like, wait a minute. I had to like, it was, I did a double take legitimately. Calvin Ridley, the suspended Falcons wide receiver, remember him. He just got traded to Jacksonville for two conditional picks based on whether he makes the team, how many receptions he has, yards, et cetera, et cetera. But Jacksonville. Makes yeah. a splash, gets Calvin Ridley. He's still suspended. He's not playing yeah. this year, but next year they're going to have a really I think it's, healthy Ridley. Yeah, low risk, high reward move from the Jaguars. Which look, I don't. I, I kind of like it to be honest with you. I mean, you're getting a weapon, another weapon for Trevor Lawrence. You know, you got uh, Christian Kirk and you got Evan Ingram and some mm-hmm. of those guys. But to add Calvin Ridley for next year, who's he's proven he could be a very good wide receiver when he's on the field and not doing the the gambling stuff. Look, he's 
I like that move. What about you? Oh, I, I think it's a tremendous yeah. move. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, I think, especially for Jacksonville now, knowing, like, again, Ridley's not coming back this year, mm-hmm. but, like, he's going to be fully rested and healthy for next year. You're going to get him alongside Christian Kirk there in that offense and let Trevor Lawrence just kind of go back to his old Clemson days. I, I I like it a lot, and you could tell Atlanta was kind of done with him um, after the after mm-hmm. the gambling thing. They, I mean, they were looking to move him over the offseason anyway right before the suspension came down. Um, and they finally, they're able to get him off the, you know, the books here at the deadline. Um, so, you know, I think Atlanta's going to have some questions to answer, especially with the wide receiving core. But, you know, for Jacksonville, I, I think it's a home run. It, it's very low risk, high reward, two conditional picks. We don't even know what those picks are going to be. So if Ridley turns out to, you know, not really be much, those picks are going to be very low and you're not really going to have given up that much for him. Um, I also think it's very ironic. So when Calvin Ridley got suspended, he put a bet on the Falcons <laughs> on the to beat the Jaguars, <laughs> and then he got traded to said Jaguars. Yeah, that's, so that's pretty, funny. pretty pretty funny there. Um, but nonetheless, Calvin Ridley again. We we'll have to wait till next season, I guess, to see this in action. But I think it's gonna be exciting for sure. And th- this last one, I mean, we can just kind of. Be quick on it, but I thought it was interesting. I actually didn't even know this trade happened. Yeah, I didn't know uh, but the Bills and the Colts swapped running backs. Naeem Hines went from Indianapolis to Buffalo, and then Zach Moss went from <clears throat> Buffalo to Indianapolis. I think the Bills are just saying like, or not? Yeah, the, I think the Colts are just saying we're going to take a take a swing at a guy. I mean, he's got some upside. He's he's drafted, I think, a couple of years ago, if I'm right, or a year ago, if, if I'm wrong. But yeah, I mean, Zach Moss is a guy that just didn't really work at Buffalo. I just think. Buffalo's just committed to passing all over the yard, and that's about it. Naeem Hines is kind of that third down back that that the uh, that the Bills could use. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't know this happened either, to be honest with you, Michael. So, it, yeah, this yeah. one kind of went under the radar, <laughs> but we knew that Buffalo was in the business of a running back. We, yeah. I, I mean, I even knew this, especially, you know, I knew Kareem Hunt was available. The Browns made Kareem Hunt available. The Bills apparently made offers for Kareem Hunt, but... Didn't end up getting anything done there, but mm-hmm. flipping Zach Moss for Naeem Hines, kind of a, just a, I mean, two very different backs. You got Naeem Hines, the very shifty, kind of more of a receiving back, and then Zach Moss, who's just kind of your ground ground and pound, very low to the ground type goal line back. Uh, and I think they each kind of fit into the opposite system a little bit better than I think they did in their previous ones. You're going to put Hines with Singletary. Singletary can kind of do kind of the the, the dirty work. And now you're gonna have Hines there to kind of catch passes from Josh Allen to the backfield, and Zach Moss is gonna give. Well, I mean, right now Jonathan Taylor's hurt, so it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But Zach Moss is a better go-to back than I guess Naeem Hines would be, and he's gonna give him a another goal line weapon, uh, maybe to keep Jonathan Taylor more fresh in the future. So I think it's actually not bad for both teams. And then finally, as I mean, after the trade deadline, the last thing or the next thing that kind of happens is the buyout period where. Basically, you can't trade players anymore, but you can buy them out and basically make them free agents. Uh, and one of those players is Br- Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks um, didn't get traded and then made it very public that yeah. he wanted to be. Uh, and, I mean, I don't blame him. He's in Houston. But um, he sat out last night's game, and basically it was a it was a mutual decision between him and the organization that he's no longer probably going to play for them. Um, so we'll see if they potentially buy him out. This is kind of like an OBJ situation from last year. Uh, I'm yeah. definitely keeping my eye on this one because I think Brandon Cooks would look really good with the Browns. Um, but uh, we'll see how this goes. But I don't know if you yeah, I mean on. he's, I mean he's bounced around. How, how many teams has he been on? He's been on like the Let's Saints, see. the Rams, the, 
Patriots. Patriots. And then down to so many teams. and then to Houston. Yeah, so I, mean, I think this is four teams. Bounce around like crazy, but yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I blame him, but like, no, if you're if you're not like, if he wants out on a bad team. He wants to go to a contender. That's fine, but I mean, like, is he is he one of like the premier receivers in the league? I mean, he's I mean he's he's a pretty solid receiver, but yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting how this is all unfolding, and I I definitely expect him to go to a contender if he get, I I think he'll get bought out. So I do think he'll go to a contender. Like, who's a team that really needs a wide receiver? That's that's gonna be making a run here. I mean, there's a lot of landing spots. Like I said, I think Cleveland's a, a, a yeah. Cleveland's an obvious fit, and Cleveland. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a contender, but the Deshaun Watson connection I think is real. Those two had a really good couple yeah. of years in Houston, um, so I think that that's definitely on the table. You look at other teams like I mean, who wouldn't want to go play for Buffalo right now? Add another one. Yeah. Kansas City could always use, I guess, more depth. And then you got teams kind of like maybe Green Bay who could give Brandon Cooks and kind of pitch to him that he's the piece that they need, kind of give Rodgers someone that he can trust to help them kind of get back into this thing because they're still in it. Um, I, I, there's, I think there's a lot of ways that he could go, but he'd have that freedom to choose and whatever he wanted to do. Absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to see like a guy like that who's a very who's always been a very solid receiver in his career to see where he can go and land. You know, to a to a Super Bowl contender, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. So, Should have yeah. mentioned Baltimore too, because that is true. Uh, Baltimore just lost Rashad Bateman yeah. for the year, yeah, Liz Frank. Um, yeah. So that sucks for me, especially too, because Bateman was on my fantasy team. I actually dropped him before he was out for the year, and he was gonna be out a couple weeks. But that's tough because that kid, he's really he's good. He's a good wide receiver, and he just hasn't stayed healthy so far in his career. Um, all right, now let's just move on to some games from last week. We're not going to spend too much time on this because obviously today was about the deadline, but maybe a game or two from last week that maybe stood out to you, storylines, a result, or something that happened in um, Week 8. Yeah, I mean, the, that Falcons-Panthers game was absolutely nuts. I wasn't watching too much <laughs> of the noon slate because... I was working. I, I, I didn't yeah, see I, it. I had to work, too. Yeah. I had to cover Shout-out to the women's soccer team, and they were absolutely killing it. They're on to yeah. the final, but... I was covering that game, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean that that Panthers game was absolutely nuts. I mean, DJ Moore <laughs> catches the touchdown. He takes off his helmet, which the NFL went out and said that that wasn't a penalty. So the NFL yeah, he was, doing their, he was do, off the field. Yeah. The NFL doing their apology BS once again, and Eddie Pinero, the former Chicago Bears kicker, was absolutely terrible. He just absolutely let the pan- let the Panthers down, and yeah. the Falcons move. To their first place by themselves. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, their first place. I should say they're four and four now, and the Panthers ripped the Panthers. You know they had their chance. They, they could have gone. They could have been the first place in the mm-hmm. NFC in the NFC South. But that game was absolutely nuts. So yeah, I so I got back. I was actually working the men's game right yeah. before the women's game. Mm-hmm. So I get back and I. I'm just getting texts all over the place of like I you got to turn this game on and so I flip it on right when I walk in and DJ Moore had just caught the touchdown and then he gets flagged and they were talking about it and then Pinero obviously misses the extra point but then they go to overtime right and then Pinero has a chance again this time from like 30 yards and he pull he pulls it left and which I think look everyone could probably sit there and say okay if DJ Moore doesn't get flagged whether or not it was a good call or not like Pinero would have still had to make that extra point and what kind of confidence would you have had for him to actually make a normal extra point let alone one that was 15 yards away mm-hmm. so that's just kind of where I was at uh, you know it's just an unfortunate situation Carolina it's one of those years you know it's just 
You're always so close. Just but beat themselves. Yeah, you're not good enough beating yourself. Very familiar with that concept. Um, but yeah, so no, that's a good one. Um, of course, I I think there were a lot of. I mean, last week was just kind of a dull weekend. We didn't really see any surprises. Um, yeah, the Patriots beating the Jets handily kind of stood as out to me as do. well because thirteen straight I know, now. They just keep doing it, and like it just doesn't change. And the Jets are the better team. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Patriots are the better team, but just Belichick owns that organization, and there's nothing that they can do to to even get by them. They uh, they yeah. were dominated basically the entire game. It has something to do with look. That that twenty twenty one you could talk about the twenty twenty one draft class, but Zach Wilson, he ain't it. I'm sorry. He is not he, it. They played better with Joe Flacco. Hot take. He's but he's not it. I, I don't I don't mean to do the Zach Wilson slander. Sorry, Matt Mirfield, I know you're a big Zach Wilson fan, but yeah, I mean it's just he's just not the guy. I'm I, he's he's just looked lousy with them and maybe Belichick do owns they him. go do they go quarterback this offseason? It's very early to obviously tell right now. I, but. Yeah, I think it's a bit early, I guess, to make that call. Um, you know, they're a very young team. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes, you know, in this off season. You know, they're still five and three. They're still fine. Mm-hmm. It's just the Patriots are becoming that team that they have to kind of get over that hump. And, you know, a couple other results this weekend were kind of very similar to that. The Niners dominate the Rams again. Like the Rams I know they beat them in the NFC title game last year, but like this team, like the Rams just can't beat the Niners. They can't no. figure them out. And then on Monday night, we saw the Bengals go into Cleveland and get, you know, curb stomped. I mean, that was a beatdown. Uh, you know, I mean, I had fun watching yeah. it. I'll say that. Yeah, but that was, that was, but uh, the Bengals can't get by the Browns either. And you're starting to see these teams that are, you know, they just can't get out of their own way, get around these other teams. And I think it's, it, it's just overall hurting them in the long run. But the game that I do want to touch on, because I do want to talk about it just a little bit, the Commanders and the Colts. No, I did watch the end of that. That game was insane. Um, Obviously, the quarterback matchup, just terrific. Taylor (laughs) Heineke and Sam Ellinger. uh, And the Colts score late to take a late lead, if I recall. And basically, the commanders get the ball, and we're like, okay, no way that really anything comes of this. The Colts are going to escape here. They're the better team. They probably should win. But no, the commanders had an answer. Terry McLaurin with just an unbelievable catch down by the goal line. I mean, that 33-yard yeah, one right on the sideline over Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he got very I'm very animated and pumped up after that one, as he should, because that was it was an incredible catch. Um, and the commanders actually escaped. Taylor Heineke continues to roll. That's why I said commanders plus three. Shot, no, I'm just, uh, no one cares. But, yeah, that commanders, look, I mean, they're, they're a feisty team, and – I mean, they play better with Taylor Heineke, like you said. I mean, Carson Wentz, I'm not a Carson Wentz fan, and when I, I think I said when Taylor Heineke came in, this team this team would play better. So, yeah, I mean, shout out. I mean, they're playing well, and Terry McLaurin is, is playing well right now. I mean, that, that I mean, Ron Rivera's kind of guy, this guy's starting to, mm-hmm. starting to go again. So Yeah, I mean, they're, they're hunting around, a, they're sniffing around a playoff spot as well mm-hmm. right now with, with how weak the NFC is this year. Yeah, they definitely are in position to potentially do that. Um, and we'll see how that goes, obviously, as the season progresses as well. But time to leave this past week in the past. Let's move on to this week, week nine. It's time for the pick'em and updated standings for this week. I exp- I extended my lead. I was up, I think, two. I'm up six now. It's 41 to 35, me. Uh Jay had a rough week. Yeah, but we both had we both hit on our upset specials last week with the Browns and the Commanders. So, yeah, 
Therefore, there you go. we're fine. It's just I dominated in Will They Cover last week. I got all three of them right, and Jay got two. He missed two out of the three, but he bet on his Bears, and he got yeah. burnt. Not, but not, not a very good defensive performance. So All right, well, time game. to hop into it for this week. Obviously, Will They Cover will kick us off once again. Uh, I forgot to actually add one of the spreads for this for this week. Uh, I know that's the number, but all right. The first one: Carolina on the road at Cincinnati. Seven point underdogs are the Panthers. Do they cover? I got Cincinnati the minus a seven. I mean, the, the Panthers are a feisty team, but I think at home, Cincinnati. You know, coming coming off of a brutal loss against the Browns, I just think, yeah, Cincinnati. I think they'll roll them. So. Yeah, I think it's a get-right week as well um, for the Bengals. I'm going to take them to cover that number. I, I do think I do think there's a potential for Carolina to cover here because the Bengals look bad, and without Jamar Chase, they don't look good. But I think with a week now to prepare, I think they'll be okay. Um, and Carolina's not a good team. We we know this, so I'll take, uh, I'll take Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Second one, Buffalo at the Jets. Jets are home underdogs, plus 11 and a half in this one. Home interdivision underdogs, that is a huge number. I didn't, that's a lot of points. So I will gladly take the Jets. I think that, you know, the Jets, you know, they lost to Bill Belichick once again. But, I mean, they are they have a very good defense. Zach Wilson's he's struggling, but they still, got, they still got weapons. You know, you got James Robinson. So I like the Jets. I mean, Buffalo did not cover last week. They were they were on this last week as well against Green Bay. They did not cover. Um, but at the Jets, we just kind of talked about the Jets. Um, I'm gonna take Buffalo in this one. I just think they're I just think they're too good. I I think that they're just they're firing on all cylinders. Their offense is basically unstoppable, except when Josh Allen tries to do just maddening <laughs> stuff and throw two interceptions on back to back drives. But other than that, like. I mean, they're they're unstoppable. This is the best team yeah. in, in the league. It, it to me, it's not really particularly close. And uh, I think that they will roll this weekend in in New York or New Jersey, I should say, because that's where they play. Uh, final one, Sunday night game. Surprised this one's as big as it is as well. Tennessee on the road, five, winners of five games in a row. Tennessee, yeah, that's quietly very good. Yeah, at Kansas City, Titans are eleven and a half point road underdogs in Kansas City. Um. Malik Willis is getting the start. Yes, Willis is starting. Yep, he is the rookie quarterback going on the road at Arrowhead. Screens that you have to take Kansas City, but that's a lot of points. So mm-hmm. I actually like the Titans to cover that eleven and a half. I think that's a lot. Just too many points. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna take them as well. I the Chiefs are coming off the bye. We know Andy Reid does not lose coming off of a bye. Um, I know that yes, Malik Willis is starting. Um, but they're going to run the ball. I think they're going to try to control the game as best they can. I wouldn't be surprised to see them if they win the coin toss, maybe take the ball first, try to set the tone. Um, but I, Kansas City's going to win, but I think Tennessee covers that that 11.5 number. All right, now time to get into the straight-up games of the week. There are six of them this week. First one, Packers at the Lions. Um, two NFC North teams that are struggling, um, but I'll take the better team here. I'll take Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is two teams right now kind of in the basement of the NFC North. The Bears are kind of around there too, but um, it's tough because this is a game that I think a lot of people will take the Lions because they're just they're going to look at Green Bay and how bad they've struggled. 
But I think last week, the, I think the Packers found something. And despite, they lost by 10 in Buffalo, you know, no shame in that. But I think they found, like, they can run the ball, and they can run it very well. They can. And Aaron Jones has been really good this year. A.J. Dillon's been kind of quiet. Everyone thought he was going to kind of have a big year. But Aaron Jones has had a very, very good season. I think they also found, like, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs catching that pass in the end zone. That was, that was insane. A great that was a great catch. And I think that that's going to establish even more trust with Aaron Rodgers, someone that at least I think he believes he can rely on more often than not. Um, and also just Aaron Rodgers, is just as much as he owns the Bears, he owns the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Except yeah. week 17 of the season for some yes. reason he can never beat the Lions. But when it doesn't even matter. when it does when it matters he owns the lions yes. so i'll take i'll take the backers <laughs> in this one as well oh man all right next one uh dolphins on the road we talked we kind of hinted at this game before or a little bit earlier in the show but dolphins at the bears interesting matchup um i mean i'm i'm not i'm this might be a little bit biased but this could be a tough one for the dolphins i, I mean, agree. you're seeing week 1 I agree. even though it was a monsoon the 49ers went in there and lost at soldier field I like the Dolphins in this game, but I think it's going to be very close. I do think Matty Flusoli, this guy's ready to play, despite losing two or th- two, not even two, two, three starters that you know they, two, three leaders on that defense, or two two leaders on that defense. Excuse me. And then you had Chase Claypool, so I like the Dolphins, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. But I agree with you, Jay. I think that this could be a slip up game for Miami. They have Cleveland next week in at home in what's. A massive game for both teams, um, and I think they might look ahead to that just a little bit. Um, but and plus, you have the team coming, of course, from Miami all the way up to Chicago. The weather changed. I mean, last week Dolphins came up north, but they played in a dome. So does that even really count? Probably not. Um, but at Chicago, I just I think they're gonna I think their offense is gonna be too much. I just think they're gonna overwhelm the Bears, and eventually it's just not going to matter. I think the Bears will put up a very good effort. Put up a good performance, but I think the Dolphins will get it. And usually around this time of year, we had such nice weather, but it's not going to be an issue. The weather will be in like mm-hmm. the high fifties, so yeah. it's not really going to. If it was in like the thirties, it could be. An and issue, honestly, but... you could probably talk to the Dolphins players, and they'd probably prefer to play in that than the heat that they have to deal with down in Florida. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. Um. So next one, or last one of the early window, the Chargers on the road at the surprising Falcons. Oh man, I, I look the Chargers. Who knows with them? Like they're just they're just a team. I get so mad every every, every time I pick them. I just I always lose. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look the Falcons. Oh man, I'm gonna take the Chargers just because I do this to myself every week. That they have a lot of talent, and the Falcons. Look, I mean, if the Falcons get the five and four, they would be my they, my most surprising team. I like the Chargers. But I am not confident with that pick at he all. He comes full circle. Because the both these end. teams shoot themselves in the foot. No, so they do. I, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Falcons have won <clears throat> two games this year in which they firmly have tried to lose, and they've won both times. Uh, the Chargers have basically done the same thing. Uh, yeah. Both these teams have beaten the Browns in that exact fashion, where they tried to give the game away, but the Browns just said, no, here you go. Um yeah, it's tough. Chargers are coming off a bye. Uh, they were one of two teams that had it last week. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I'm just, I'm not buying the Falcons. No, I'm just not. Like, Marcus Mariota, really? Like, he completed what? Nine passes last week? Yeah. Something like that? <laughs> this is the second time they've won doing that, too. Like, they just run the ball. He had, a, he, he, fix it. he had a great zone read in overtime, though. I'll give yeah. him credit for that. But, um, 
Uh, Chargers have the better team. They're going to win this game. Now let's go into the late window. Seahawks, surprising Seahawks, still in first place in the NFC West at 5-3, and three, on the road at a division foe, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to have you go first because I still have no idea. I'm still kind of thinking about this one. because <sighs> Eventually the Seahawks are going to come down to earth. Like, we have to. Are they? Are they? I don't know. Uh, we've been asking that. Qu- we asked that um, question like four weeks ago. Now I did predict correctly that they would beat the Giants last week. I, I thought that they were a better team than the Giants um, because the Seahawks, other than the the Geno Smith factor, which really isn't that much of an issue right now with how well Geno Smith's playing, but their team around them is very very solid. They drafted very well. Uh, they had the offensive and defensive like rookies of the week or something because Kenneth Walker had another good week, scored a touchdown last week. So shout out to Kenny. But uh, they had Woolen, the the uh, the corner, yeah. also won uh, rookie of the week. So like they, I mean, they drafted so six well. round pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. How they I mean, do it he's over there. he's so um, different than like everybody else because his um, just his build. Like, how is this guy a cornerback? He is what is it? He is six foot four, two hundred and nine pounds. Like yeah. that's like absurd for a corner. Yeah. He's very big, very physical. Um, I'm kind of getting away from the game here, but uh, <laughs> the Cardinals are in a bit of a slide. Um, but for some reason, I feel like this is a game they win. Is it double XP weekend? That's well, I know yeah. it's kind of a lame joke now, but heads up for that. Well, see, he can play after the game. Hey, my um, warfare just came out, so you know, it, it did. Knows? I know he can play after. Um, game. I feel like this is a game the Cardinals win at home. I do think the Cardinals win too. I I don't even. It's one of those again where I mean I say this every week, but like I really don't know why. But I just again I just have a feeling I, the Cardinals I believe are a better team, and they're finally clicking with Hopkins again. Hopkins has played well. Yeah, yeah and they so missed him. I the think this is just weeks. one of those random games that they're going to win at home going to be loud in there i like the cardinals so do i yep okay now we get into a game that i mean when the schedule first came out you saw this these two teams playing week nine and you're like oh my goodness this game's going to be amazing and now it's just kind of like yeah eh. yeah because that divisional two game last year was have, probably one of yeah. the best football games i've ever seen so two very disappointing teams the rams returning to tampa bay to play the buccaneers um oh man i'm gonna probably i'm probably gonna like Tampa struggling so much, and so are the Rams. Like both these teams are just decimated with injuries, and Tom Brady is showing his why he's forty three years old or something like that. I'm gonna take Tampa though. I think they can kind of bounce back here at home, even though I think I took Tampa last week, so that should be interesting. But I think they get it done here at home. I I, I just think they're kind of desperate. They're in desperate mode for a win here. So I like the Buccaneers. Yeah, I have no idea what to do here. I really don't. I picked the Rams last week. I thought they, you know, off a bye, I thought they would wake up, and I thought they would get by the Niners, and they they weren't even close. Um, They're just a disappointment. Their defense isn't, you know, playing well at all. Matthew Stafford's not playing well at all. They can't run the football at all. Just their offensive line is completely decimated. Um, It's bad. It's like uh, it's more like both both the offensive lines on on this team are they're both terrible and decimated, but. I will lean the Buccaneers because the Rams' offensive line is terrible. Yes, and so for that reason, <laughs> I am going to take— If that's a good reason. I'm going to take Tampa Bay just because I think that pass rush is going to play a factor. Um, I mean, it, it very well could for the Rams as well. I mean, they only have Aaron Donald, but, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't yeah. even— I At this point, I, I 
Whoever wins, do you really feel good about it? (laughs) I don't really know, Um, but we'll see. Monday Night Football, last one of the week. We've agreed on every game so far to this point. Um, (laughs) Help me. It it can't hurt you, that's for sure. Uh, But the Ravens on the road in the Superdome playing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I will take the Ravens. I mean, adding Roquan is really going to help that run defense, especially against Alvin Kamara. I like the Ravens, even though playing out at the Superdome is very tough. Even though I picked against the Saints, and they rolled the the Raiders at the Superdome, I will take the Ravens. Jameis is still out, correct? I believe he is. Yeah. Um, On the Andy Dalton show. I I really want to take the Saints here because I don't like the Ravens, and I don't think the Ravens are very good, to be honest. Um. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Monday night in the Superdome, I'm going to bank on that uh, that electricity, yeah. that environment. They played very well last week. Again, I, it, if it, they probably aren't going to be able to replicate that, but I will take them to win this one here. I think they'll find a way. So I'll take the Saints. It'll be our only disagreement of the week. Well, yeah, plus now we at least have something that you know we disagree exactly. on. So, all right, time for upset specials for week nine. I am still in the lead, so I get to go first. Um, just looking around at some spreads right now. Uh, let's see. Who do I want? Who do I want? I think. Ooh, that's actually a good one. Wow, I'm still scanning. I'm going to go with Jacksonville at home, plus two and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to be my upset of the week. I like that one. So they're at home. I don't like the Raiders at all. Uh, I just yeah, don't think they're that I mean, good. I'll take them two and a half. So, yeah, I can't be. I was going to take the Jets, but I can't because I already picked. No, you could. Um, well, no, the Jets aren't straight up. That's right. That's yeah, right. exactly. Um, and will they cover? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, look, there's a, lo- there's a lot of good ones this week, but I'm, I'm going to – I'm probably going to go with the Colts plus six. I was looking at that one, too. At New England. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if the Colts will win, but I think it's close because I don't know what either of these teams are. I mean, New England's, they'll get blown up by the Bears, and then they'll just go on the road and beat a 5-2 and two Jets team. I saw this video so that know. was like, remember when this <clears throat> matchup was Manning versus Brady? And, well, this week it's Sam Ellinger and Mac Jones, everybody. Yeah, so exactly. Take a, take a bow, young men, and you know you guys do your thing. So that's it for the Pick'em this week, and that's going to do it for the Pylon this week. Thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, we really appreciate it. And go back. And listen to all of our previous episodes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Pylon on Impact 89FM. For your host, Michael Markoch, my co-host, Jay DeCoster. We'll see you guys next week for week 10. Let's go, everybody. And go have a great day.